When I was about 10 or 11, I wanted a robot for Christmas. It was a, a very specific robot. It was called the Omnibot. <laughs> it had wheels and it had little pincher hands. You could, you could program it to talk or to follow certain paths. It was great. But as it turns out, Omnibot was a bit outside of my parents' budget, so I settled for asking for the robot the next level down that was called Verbot, which I guess was short for Verbal Robot. Now, Verbot was not quite as fancy as Omnibot. He didn't have those little claws that I liked that Omnibot had. Instead, he had to pick things up by pinching his hands together and moving his arms up like this. And you couldn't program him to follow set paths. Instead, you programmed him to respond to your verbal commands. You could make him go forward and, and backward. You could make him turn left and right and he could speak a recorded sentence. But even though Verbot was not my first choice, I can't tell you how much I wanted that little robot. For weeks leading up to Christmas, I seemed to think of nothing else. I even had dreams of the adventures that Verbot and I would go on once he came into my life. And on Christmas morning, my prayers were answered. My desires were fulfilled, for I received my Verbot. And I spent all of Christmas Day playing with my new friend. I commanded Verbot to tool all over the house. Turn left, turn right, Verbot, go forward. I made Verbot chase the dog and the cats. I recorded some vaguely mean things that Verbot went into the room and told my siblings. <laughs> but as these things tend to go, Verbot quickly lost his luster. For as much as I desperately wanted that little robot, it didn't take too long for Verbot to sit unused on a shelf. And it was only a little bit longer after that that I decided to take Verbot apart to see how he worked. <laughs> and of course, I know you know this, I could never put Verbot back together again. But at the end of the day, it didn't seem like it mattered too much to me that I couldn't. As we approach Christmas, we are in a season of, of longing and desire. Some of our desires are for things as seemingly trivial as my yearning for Verbot. We build a, a good chunk of our whole retail economy around these sorts of desires. We fuel the, the consumerism of our culture through desires just like my desire for ver Verbot. But we yearn for more meaningful things, too, don't we? I have a son away at college. We long to be reunited with loved ones. We wish for a sense of connection with friends and family to share good meals and conversation. 
and we want to let people know how much we love them and, and how important they are to us. And we feel drawn to helping others in need, not just to feed their bodies, but to let them know that they matter and to signify to them that they are truly beloved. And more than just this, we long for peace, not just in our homes or in our community, but in our world. And we long for a world that is, that is more just and more fair, where the vulnerable are not exploited or oppressed. We long for wholeness. We long for health. We long for forgiveness, for meaning, for beauty. All of which might be a way of saying that we long for salvation. We desire to be restored to unity with God and with one another in Christ. In this season of Advent, we are in a season of longing and desire. But of course, it's not just about seasons, is it? We are creatures of desire. And it seems like our desires are limitless. We all have received our version of the verbot at some point in our lives. But then after having gotten what we wanted, we find that we want it more or long for more or we long for something new. For example, the famous long for just a bit more fame or to be famous on their own terms. The powerful long for more power. And we all long for just a bit more money. And more often than not, so too do the very wealthy. Our cravings pull us in countless different directions, many of them unhelpful or even harmful. And yet we wish for them nonetheless. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that these things are evil or wrong or bad in and of themselves. It's not that at all. In fact, we should go so far as to say those things that we long for are good up to a point. The problem is is that we often desire these things more than we should. And we could think about these desires as a form of love. And so we could say that we love these things more than we should. We love them inordinately. But they can never really satisfy us. We look for these things to satisfy us. We look for them to make us whole. But they simply can't. They are incapable. Many Christian mystics would say that only the infinite can satisfy our desires. Only an infinitely desirable God can fulfill our insatiable longing. We were created for love, which is to say we were created for desire and ultimately for the love of God. 
We were created with restless hearts. And as our patron Saint Augustine reminds us, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. But here's the thing. Our restless hearts do not begin with us. Our longing, and particularly our longing for God, begins in God. Our desire for God is a response of God's love for us. God loves us first and has created us in order to respond to this love with love, to participate in the divine love with a love of our own. God longs to place this love for God in our hearts. This season of Advent is a season of longing and desire. It is a a season to get in touch with that desire, to get in touch with all that is incomplete in our lives. And our, our biblical lessons this season invite us to do that. They invite us to look back, to share in the longings of our ancestors as they awaited the coming of the Messiah and the Christ. And other lessons invite us to look forward and long for the coming of God's full reign to the advent of the kingdom of peace and justice, wholeness and mercy that will come at the end of the age. But there's also an invitation to a personal advent. St. Bernard of Clairvaux would tell us that God also longs for us to make space in our hearts to receive Christ. God's desire is for an advent, an arrival, an emergence of Christ in each of us. This season of Advent asks us to make space, to to make a home in our hearts so that we might be free from those desires that will never satisfy us. To do that, we need to clear the path. We need to lower the hills. We need to fill in the valleys. We need to make a path for God in the wilderness of our lives. Prepare the way of the Lord, we sing. Prepare the way for the Lord. When John the Baptist, son of Zechariah, calls out in the wilderness, he is calling on the people of God to repent. But to repent means to turn their hearts, their minds, their lives, and their love and desire toward the God who loves them. When John echoes Isaiah and the other prophets from an earlier age, he joins in with all those others who have invited the people of God to turn from selfishness and fear and idolatry toward God and thus toward love. Love for God, love for neighbor, 
and thus a true love of self. Christ longs to liberate us from all of those desires that are too small and too shabby. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make God's path straight in the wilderness of your lives. Turn your heart toward God. The astonishing reality of Advent is that Christ has come to dwell within us, to free us. But Christ will only do that if we turn toward God, if we consent and say yes. We are in a season of longing and desire. We long for a larger life and a freer life. But we will only find that truly with God. For God is our heart's true desire. And God longs to come in and make God's home in us. And so prepare, prepare, prepare the way of the Lord. Amen.